0: as an investor, you should be asking yourself, what is the right path for me?
1: Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's best ever guests as they share it with you. It's the best ever advice with none of the fluff. Let's go. My mom always said it's rude to keep people waiting. Well, best ever, listeners. That's exactly what you're doing if you're not funding your deals with our best ever sponsor, Patch of Land. Patch of Land is a crowdfunding marketplace that matches up your deals with accredited and institutional investors who want to invest in your deal. Patch of Land literally has thousands of investors ready to fund your next deal. You don't want to keep them waiting, do you? And guess what? It's a lightning quick process, too. In fact, the average patch of land loan closes in just seven days. Is a five to seven day close faster than how long it currently takes you to close on financing? And just think, wouldn't it be wonderful to have all of your financing needs taken care of for all of your deals? How many more deals could you close if you already knew where the money was coming from? With Patch of Land, you no longer have to worry about the financing part. They've got it taken care of for you. Go to Patch of Land and find out how to get your next deal funded by the thousands of investors waiting for you right now. Go to PatchofLand.com. That's p-a-t-c-h o-f l-a-n-d.com. Hi, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless and I'm here with today's guest, Danny bait Orr. Hi, Danny.
0: Hi, Joe. Hi. Thanks for having me.
1: Great to have you. And Danny is joining us from Irvine, California. He is the founder and CEO of the company called Simply Do It. He's been involved with over 25 real estate transactions over the years, and he's been an investor since 2002, and he is an ex-Israeli special forces guy. So watch <laughs> out. <laughs> Danny, with that being said, can you give the best ever
0: listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Absolutely, Joe, and uh, thank you everyone for uh, for listening. Um, my background is actually in technology When I, uh, after school, I spent a few years in the Israeli, I call it the Israeli Silicon Valley or corporate Israel. Um, And while I was uh, in the corporate Israel, I didn't really like what I was seeing already. A young guy, fresh out of school, engineer. And here I am working, you know, hours and hours and hours and trying to figure out how do I really create wealth for myself for the future. At the time, still a bachelor with a girlfriend. Now we're married. And I was already looking, you know, towards the, you know, towards, 10, 15, 20 years, you know, down the line. And I could also see that my parents, my uncles, my parents, friends, you know, the older, you know, the the, the previous generation before me, I could see they're all hardworking people doing, you know, doing go- good at their jobs, working long hours, and they barely have anything to show for those amount of hours after f- 10, 15, 20 years of hard work, except their own house, which is o- already mortgage. And that, didn't really make sense to me. I told myself at the time, you know, as a young guy who's starting, I need to, you know, to, you know, I'm not looking for a shortcut, but that route that everybody's doing, the corporate America, the corporate Israel, something doesn't add up. Something doesn't make sense. <clears throat> and I started looking towards investing. Naturally, I, you know, I didn't even think about real estate. I went to stocks and, you know, and, you know, in options and, and I, you know, save a little bit of money at the time, you know, you know, young guy. But it didn't really produce that that much results compared to the risk I was taking, and I kept searching. I was like on on a fanatic quest. Uh, I wanted to, on one hand, to make sure I'm financially educated in real life, you know, finances, and not what they teach you in school. I have a degree; they don't teach you, you know, in engineering school. They teach you economics; they don't teach you real life economics. So I gotta make sure. I wanted to make sure I'm educated about those things, and also I wanted to find the right path for me personally to boost my wealth, to help my wealth. I was you know, not, not any type of short, you know, short-term kind of scheme, but something that will take me from the path most of the people around me that I look up to are following, and I just did not agree with that path. And that slowly, this quest led me into real estate. At the time, a young engineer, corporate Israel, working in Israel, saving money, and I started looking at U.S. real estate. And I bought my first house in a little town called Phoenix, Arizona. You know, nobody knows of that town; it's so small. In 2002, not knowing it will boom in two or three years, uh, I was just that was uh, you know luck uh, playing a little bit later on. Uh, you know, at the time, I had to look up on the map where is Phoenix located. I didn't even know where is it is located. I knew the name, but not where it is. I bought a house, 100, and, not even 130 thousand dollar home. In a nice community from the builder, and that house really took off. That was a, and that was a, uh, that was luck. That wasn't uh, you know planning for it. And that house actually you know helped me buy more houses. But that path you know the house was just a, you know a nice goody little thing in, along the way. But that path taught me that real U.S. real estate is pretty amazing, especially for someone who comes from another country and sees the benefits that us who live here now take it for granted. I did not take any of the things that real estate here has to offer for granted at all on the contrary i loved everything because it's much better than israel you know real estate for example it's much more favorable for investors than over there and i wanted to make sure i take you know i use that as a leverage i when i moved to the states i already done i think two or even three transactions um not big ones but something that get me a little bit more going in the world of u.s real estate in 2004, I moved here and I just focused on doing that, you know, full time, you know, getting, you know, more knowledgeable about it. And slowly I start working with investors, helping them to do similar things to what I do. Uh, so that was, a, you know, it's a, it's a journey. You know, I've been doing it for what, 12, 13 years and you keep learning, you keep, you know, things changing and I'm blessed. I'm blessed not just because of what happened to my real estate. I've been through the boom, a bust and now a boom again, but I'm mostly blessed by having the ability to work with touch and having the ability to work with so many investors, helping them uh, with their real estate. And actually, they don't even know it, but when I help them, I become a better investor. So I am blessed by their experiences or or being involved with an experience to become a better investor myself. That's my true, that's one of the things I'm really blessed on, you know, after my my family, my little boy, uh, you know, the, the job that I have, that I was able to set up, you know, this, you know, structure myself, the company that I that I manage, how I see it fit. I am the, the the next thing is that I'm blessed with being able to work with so many investors and gain knowledge myself um, working with those guys. So, real estate for me was actually a good way to to go for someone who likes risk, and it actually balances my personality with the risk factor. The type of real that I do is not high risk, but it's still I think it's less risky than stocks and options which I don't even touch these days.
1: Danny what is your best real estate investing advice ever?
0: you know I thought about this uh, quite a lot um, and Joe I have to make a you know a comment I've listened to some of your podcasts and they're you know just amazing. Uh, some of the people you had had excellent things to say that I felt they're echoing exactly you know my thoughts but after thinking about it, I think that as an investor, if someone is listening to, to me right now, as an investor, you should be asking yourself, what is the right path for me? Danny, Joe, uh, Susie, doesn't matter as an investor. I mean, there's so many opportunities or, or let's just say routes, commercial, residential, wholesaling, flipping, whatever. You got to find what is right for you. Not what people tell you you should be doing. Not what you go into events and someone says you only have to do this and you only have to do that. Find whatever works for you and, and get drilled into that niche of real estate. And if there's one thing I didn't know that I did, did not do at the time when I got started, and today I always, you know, wish I would have, is find a mentor in that niche that you chose to do. Let's say, you know, let's say apartment buildings, whatever. Find that mentor. Because that mentor, even if it co- you know, probably will co- even cost you some money, is actually the money you're paying this person equals to either uh, an express route or a shortcut. It will help you tremendously. So find your niche, not what is popular you know, out there necessarily, but what's right for you. And find that mentor in that niche that will help you, you know, work that niche as good as possible for you. We're all different, different backgrounds, different you know, standards, different financial ability. You know, what's right for someone who's a full-time Silicon Valley high-tech engineer Um, as an investor is probably not relevant for someone who has only $10,000 and, you know, plenty of time to to do other things. So you got to ask yourself, what is the right niche for, you know, for yourself and focus on that niche and hopefully find that mentor in that niche. That mentor will help you, you know, overcome multiple challenges and obstacles quicker, faster, better and and get you and help you get to the, to the end point in a much better you know, position.
1: You ready for the best ever lightning round? I'll be happy to. First, a quick word from our sponsor. Could you do more deals if you had more money and didn't have to waste time looking for financing? Are you ready to scale your real estate business and do more deals? Well, let's make that happen. Our best ever sponsor, Patch of Land, is ready to fund your next deal. Patch of Land is a crowdfunding marketplace that has thousands of investors waiting for you right now. Find out more at patchofland.com. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-E-N-D.com.
0: Okay, Danny, best ever book you read? Two of them that I like, which are actually not real estate, but help you as a a mindset, as a a business owner, as as an investor altogether. Uh, One is predictably... Irrational by Dan Ariely. This is a, a book about economical behavior uh, of people or psychology of economical behavior, which is just terrific. Uh, and the second one is called Winning by Jack and Susie Welch. The Jack is the uh, CEO, uh, the legendary CEO of G General Electric. In real estate, so when I go out and read and do other things, I try to actually step out of real estate in order to expand my horizon and have some freshness. So I try to read other things as well.
1: Best ever personal growth experience and what you learned from it?
0: Actually, I think I most learned from the recent downturn. The recent downturn really surfaced. All the issues and problems and challenges and things you don't really think about when you're doing real estate investing. And that brought them up to the surface. And all of a sudden, for example, you started looking at nuances such as non-recourse loan versus recourse loans in different states, and if the foreclosure, it's you know related to a you know a foreclosure on a house that you did a refi versus a foreclosure on a house you did not versus short sale, and there's so many you know so many nuances you just don't really touch and get familiar with um, and strategy that that downturn really taught me you know really taught me. Uh, um, you know, uh, well about those aspects. That's one thing I would say. The other thing also related to it, to the downturn, it really showed me the people around me, the ch- their true faces. I could see people that I thought are good and mentors and, you know, and, and you know, and, and leaders disappear and not being responsive and others step up. I think, I hope so, and that uh, that some of my investors will, will say the same thing. Hopefully, when the downturn hit, I decided myself that I will always be there for my investors, even if the answers are not easy to say and are not pleasant to hear, but I, when they call me with troubles that are like a foreclosure or short sale or whatever, I'll be there to pick up the phone. At the minimum, I will listen and let them vent. At the maximum, I'll try to help them because I still have more, probably more knowledge on how to handle things than they are, and I'm happy that I was able to do that. Hopefully, they will give you the same answer, but I feel that I, you know, I didn't disappear on them, and that was... Uh, that was something you know uh, uh, that's very important I think for people who work with you they look up to you in good times but also in bad times
1: best ever success habit you practice
0: um, <clears throat> that's a true. that's a challenging one uh, it's something that I always 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 keep you know keep trying to practice is focus 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 I keep telling it's like a mantra in my mind I get so many distractions, not just by email but a, lo- a lot of it has to do with different investments opportunities that people present to me and so many times I've learned to say no, not interested. I mean those could be amazing deals. You know, one in a lifetime deals, I you know, I don't know. I just decided that if I'm not focused, I'm gonna be distracted. It's not just spending five minutes with someone or ten minutes or thirty minutes with someone to learn about it, but it's the follow up and the thinking you're gonna do over it and then follow up question and all of that, it never ends. So I am training myself still to say no. It's okay to say no. I wanna stay focused on what I think is good. I think it's related to the core of our business and you know to what you know the type of investments we are doing.
1: Best ever deal you've done.
0: We had a flip in I think January of 2012 that we flipped the house that we bought for thirty thousand dollars. We sold it a month later for almost ninety thousand uh, dollars. so after expenses and everything we have done in one you know, the return on investment we've done is almost three hundred and seventy five percent. Uh, annually, which was at the time, you know, like 50, no, no, no 60, 60 or 70% in one month. That was mind blowing. We've had few good deals, not as good as this one, but that's by far the best one. You know, it's one, one for the uh, Hall of Fame.
1: Really quick, because this is the lightning round, but I want to ask you about that first house that you bought in Phoenix for $130,000. And you mentioned that it helped you buy more houses. How did it specifically help you buy more houses? Real quick.
0: I bought it for 130000 and two or three years later, it was worth uh, 300000 So it practically doubled. I refinanced, refinanced twice, pulled money out, and bought more houses.
1: Best ever quote?
0: Ready, shoot, aim by uh, Sam Walton.
1: What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate?
0: I think the biggest mistake when I look back is before the downturn, I put 5% down and 10% down on houses and that created a negative cash flow situation, knowingly, not by surprise, it was by plan, a negative cash flow situation for myself. That means a negative cash flow means I need to, you know, to shell out from my own pocket every month, two, three, four hundred, you know, actually in the scale of hours doing it, several thousand dollars every month to cover those negative cash flows. I was Betting on appreciation. Um, looking back, I wish I bought less, you know, a smaller number of homes, putting 20% down, making each one of those houses a little bit, you know, of a cash flow, uh, you know, more or less, you know, a nice cash flow, not to be in a negative and definitely not, to, you know, not even to be in a break even situation. That would create a stronger portfolio that is independent on you. So, you know, you don't have to feed that portfolio on an ongoing basis. You don't have to uh, feed that portfolio uh, of houses on an ongoing basis from your own pocket. Danny, what's the best ever place to reach you? Uh, The best place probably by email. My email is Danny, which I spell D-A-N-I, at simplydoit.net. Simply is is just like the word simple, but simply with a Y, doit.net. Pretty much if you put Simply Do It in my name, Danny, I'm all over the web, you'll find me very easily.
1: Danny, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your best ever advice with the best ever listeners. This truly was a story about uh, seeking a better way of becoming financially independent instead of just a nine to five, you know, being an engineer, identifying something that's, that's a lot more long term and sustainable and allows you to break free from that and you know your story on the Phoenix house is really interesting where you bought it for 130 it was new construction then you know went to30 300000 dollars then you used that as a cash out refinance to buy more and more properties and then also you know the the warning of buying properties that have negative cash flow um, and uh, will you know will not sustain themselves versus buying, with more money down, and or at least having more equity into it um, initially, and, and then being able to um, sustain and, and the, having them um, be self-sufficient. So thank you so much for being on the show, sharing your advice with the best ever listeners, and we'll talk to you soon.
0: Thank you very much, Joe, and thank you all your uh, best ever listeners. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity.
1: Hey, you, best ever listener, do you want more?